And I'm Ellie, and we're here to remind you to be decent human beings. Ellie, you look a little dead. Are you good? I've got a pride hangover. That sounds both fantastic, but also unfortunate. Yeah, but I do have some good news. The Community Marketing and Insights 11th Annual LGBT Community Survey, uh, which was created in April and May of 2017, it had participation from 17,300 LGBTQ Americans across the spectrum of sexual orientation, gender identities, generations, and ethnicities. And among the survey questions, it was found that 63% of LGBTQ Americans surveyed said that they will or already did attend their hometown Pride in 2017. Uh, This is compared to 47% having attended their hometown Pride events last year, representing a 34% increase in interest and participation for 2017. And 84% reported that Pride events across the U.S. are as important as ever, and 82% indicated that they feared rollbacks of recent LGBTQ equality gains with the recent political changes and uncertainty. LGBTQ Pride events are taking on a renewed importance in 2017 and CMI anticipates record attendance this year. And this is all good news, but it's important to remember where we came from. And that's when we're going to talk about the Stonewall Riots. The Stonewall Riots happened in 1969, and we're giving a brief overview right now, but we'll go more into detail of it in a later episode. Stonewall Riots occurred in Greenwich Greenwich Village, Lower Manhattan, in, in New York City. Uh, did you know that the Sunwell Inn is the first national monument for the LGBT community, Ellie? I didn't know that, but I did know that, like most gay bars, it was subject to police raids, and the police raids were justified for reasons like, and I quote, cleaning up the streets and public indecency. But bar management usually knew about raids beforehand. In the bar, there was a front room, which was the bar, and the back room was the dance floor. And the lights in the back room could be set on or off from the bar. And they used to kind of like uh, flip the switch. That would indicate a police raid, so that way you could switch partners or do a quick like clothes change if you needed to. Mm-hmm. So lots of people were arrested for cross-dressing. Trans men and women, drag queens, drag kings, butch lesbians... Other gender non-conforming people could be arrested. Women had to have on at least two or three articles of women's clothing, or they were considered cross-dressing, which means that right now I would be cross-dressing because I have one item of women's clothing on. And I'm just going to go ahead and assume that any trans women or drag queens would just be arrested on the spot because I couldn't find any specifics on how many articles of men's clothing you have to be wearing to not be arrested for cross-dressing. The Stonewall riot started at 1.28 a.m. on June 28th, uh, 1969. Uh, They had a New York City bike squad, or what they called the Morality Squad, which is a disgusting name. A couple of them were undercover in the bar, and they ended up raiding it. 
the patrol wagon didn't come fast enough, and they had all the pa- well, not all of them, but a majority of the patrons lined up handcuffed against the wall, and there was a lovely woman named Storm Delavery. She was a biracial, gender non-conforming lesbian, and she was being moved from the door to the patrol wagon after they finally arrived, which in my research of reading, it took them quite a while to get there. But after they finally arrived, they were transporting her from the door to the patrol wagon, and she escaped twice. She was cursing and yelling to bystanders, why don't you do something? And... After that, bystanders started, like, throwing things, and all hell kind of broke loose, and one of the officers described the crowd as going, and he used my favorite word, berserk. It was the moment the scene became excessively violent. There was also Sylvia Rivera. She was a sex worker and a trans woman, and she was believed to be the first person to have thrown a brick during the riots. There was also a patron named Raymond Castro. He was a gay Latino man. He was let go initially, but returned inside to help a friend who didn't have an ID. And he was the first person to resist arrest, and he physically fought an officer. We also have Miss Major Griffin Gracie. She's a black trans woman, and she was a leader of the riots initially, but she was struck on the head and taken into custody. And she is still alive. And she's been an activist for trans women of color for over four decades. So we will tweet a link to donate to her retirement fund if you're interested. Yes, and we'll leave that at the end and in our little description box. Gonna talk about Ellie's favorite person and my new favorite person, Marsha P. Johnson. And just in case any of you don't know, the P in her name stands for Pay No Mind. So her full name is Marsha Pay No Mind Johnson, and I love her. We love her. She was a black trans woman, sex worker, and drag queen. When asked to line up by the police, she said, I got my civil rights and threw a shot glass at the bar mirror. And this has been known as the shot glass heard around the world. Also, side note, I'm interested in getting a print of the Andy Warhol print of Marsha P. Johnson, but it's impossible to find on the internet. So if any of you happen to know how to make that happen, hit me up on Twitter and help me, please. We will leave both her personal Twitter and our podcast Twitter at the end. So please let us know because... Yes, please help me. Please help Ellie. It's an awesome print, and it's from Andy Warhol, who is also fantastic, so let us know. Alrighty. So, I know all of this is important, but I thought we were supposed to talk about pride parades. Don't worry, Ellie. I got you. We'll get there. But first, we have to talk about someone very important to me. She's my mom. Her name is Brenda Howard. (laughs) Brenda Howard, she was born in the Bronx, so, you know, she was automatically the coolest. A bamf. Uh, she was a bamf. She sadly passed away in 2009, uh, 2005. She was an LGBT activist. She organized the first Pride Parade and is known as the mother of Pride. She was also openly bisexual. In the 1960s, she became involved in the anti-war and feminist movements. 
And after one month after the Stonewall riots in 1969, it marked a turning point in the gay rights movement. And she participated in a march commemorating the event. And then, as we'll mention later, she helped organize the first Christopher Street Liberation Day march to, mo- to mark the um, Stonewall anniversary. And this march was the first Pride Parade in the world. And the efforts that she put into this one uh, encouraged other cities and countries to hold similar events, which laid the groundwork for Pride Parades internationally. And then Brenda Howard Ward was created in her memory by the PF the PLFAG is rep- is presented annually to a group or individual advocating on behalf of the bisexual community. Howard is survived by her partner Larry Nelson. So that's cool. We should put you up for that award. Me? No. Yes, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. Woohoo! I nominate Victoria. We'll start a petition now. And within two years of the riots, every major city in America, Canada, Australia, and Western Europe had a gay rights group. So, that's pretty neat. Well, that's really awesome. Did you know NYC Pride still refers to all of their events as marches and not parades? Oh, really? My fun fact of the day. This is a quote from Chris Frederick, who's the managing director of New York City Pride. He says that we still call ours a march to show our respects and commemorate the history of what these events started out as originally. We have said that once the LGBT community no longer faces discrimination and hate worldwide, we will then identify the march as a parade. I approve. I approve. Um, Mm -hmm. So the first Pride Parade was in West Hollywood in 1970 uh, in a predominantly gay neighborhood, and it was organized by the Christopher Street West Association, and they they called it the L.A. Pride TLGB Celebration. So in the 70s, the gay rights movement picked up a lot of traction. And I actually have a quote, and it states... From humble beginnings, beginning in 1970, the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day March grew to 50,000 in 1972, then to an estimated 200,000 in 1977 and 350,000 in 1978, by which time it was the largest LGB march in the U.S. And then in 1978, there was the murder of Harvey Milk. And then Dan White, the murderer of the openly gay San Francisco supervisor, Harvey Milk, was convicted of manslaughter and not murder. Even though Dan White had clearly premeditated the murder of two of his political opponents, Mayor George Moscone and Harvey Milk, and essentially deprived the LGBT community of what was at the time its most important leader, So, there was a massive spontaneous candlelit march that was organized from the LGBT community, the Castro, all the way to City Hall, where rioting broke out throughout the night, and they smashed windows and set things on fire. So, Pride in the 70s was still highly political, 
and um, continued that way in the 80s. And it continued that way mostly because of the AIDS crisis, correct? Correct. There was a cultural shift. People started dropping names like liberation and freedom from the names of their organizations so they wouldn't alienate more conservative people. And they began calling events gay pride. Wait, so we don't want to alienate conservative people? Apparently not. Okay, well, I guess we have to be respectful of them even though they're not respectful of us. But, you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Anyways, um, now there is more, like, there's a more somber attitude towards this because of the AIDS crisis. And the I have a quote from Dr. Peel, and it's goes um just so everyone knows dr jesse peel he was a gay community organizer and the psychiatrist and a psychiatrist in atlanta it was said that he was attending two of three funerals a week for his friends who had aids and the quote leads up and it says peel said aids in the 1980s changed atlanta the city was always a magnet for LGBT individuals who left their smaller towns for the more liberated city. But before the epidemic, for many guys, it was all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It wasn't about being a part of a broader civil rights movement. The disease and the public's reaction to it changed that. The epicenter of the AIDS crisis was New York City. So that spawned the birth of the ACT UP organization, which marched with signs that said... Silence equals death, and all people with AIDS are innocent. And there was an artist named David. I wrote this down. Everyone forgive me if I butcher his name. We did a whole Google Translate of this, but... We're trying. Wernerovich? Wernerovich? David Wernerovich? And there's a photo of him, and on the back of his jacket it says, If I die of AIDS, forget burial, just drop my body on the steps of the FDA. Uh, the photo of David was taken by his partner, Tom Floffenbart, and sadly, uh, David did die in 1992 of AIDS-related complications. Did they drop his body at the FDA? No. But Tom dropped some of his ashes on the White House lawn, so I think it was a pretty good, like, equivalent. That feels very fitting. So on to the 90s, where the main difference was that everyone wore chokers and flannel and looked very grunge. If only. Before we said bring back the bell bottoms, now I'm saying bring back grunge. Bring back both. Grungy bell bottoms. Mm -hmm. Mm. Love it. Would that be a good idea? But by 1996... There were more than 127 international gay pride celebrations. And there were a lot of, like, major players in this, um, but we're only going to list off a few. The U.S., Canada, Mexico, New Zealand, Australia, Europe, Japan, and then the list just continues. Yeah, it became a large enterprise. Parade started in the spring and then went through to the summer, with the bulk of them being in June, to honor the Stonewall Riots. Yeah, so the parades 
itself was the main event of a weekend-long celebration. There were, like, film shows and political rallies were held. There's a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah, I think it's important to note that the political rallies became a side event, and they weren't the main event anymore. The 90s, they started to become a lot more, I guess the best word to say is celebratory, in the way of people, like, there are a lot of, like, floats going around, people started, like, dressing up more and more for it, and kind of, like, stuff like that. Dressing less and less. (laughs) Less and less, which is, fun fact, the first actual march in New York City that Brenda Howard helped uh, organize, they wore, like, men wore, like, suits, and women wore, like, dresses, so it's interesting to see how... From 1970 to 1990, people just, like Ellie said, started to wear less and less. So, And we're actually going to end this episode here, but stay tuned for more facts and possible controversy in the next episode. Yeah, so everyone just stay comfy in your flannel to the next episode. Enjoy the 90s. Enjoy grunge while it lasts. Just so you guys know, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at more than June, or you can email us at more than June at yahoo.com. Uh, leave us any comments, suggestions on what you want us to make our next episode about, any criticism, which, no thank you, but I mean, if you feel. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, you can follow us each on Instagram. My Instagram is Saint, at St. Saint Victorian. Mine's at Ellie Exists. And like we mentioned before, uh, we do, we will have a link for Miss Major's Retirement Fund if you want to help donate to that. Um, if you have a minute, if you'd like to, you can. We'd also like to thank the taxpayers for their song, Zombie Lesbian Stripper Cops. And also, rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. I got up at 6.30 in the morning with a sinus infection, to record this. So I'm expecting five-star iTunes reviews. Even though because I said that, we're going to get a one-star review that says I complain too much. But have pity, please. Five stars. Don't be spiteful. Just be nice, okay? Think of me. Think of Ellie. She's adorable. If you go follow her Instagram, you'll see how adorable her faces so yeah and yeah and if you like makeup you can go stare at mine so uh, once again thank you do it do it her highlight yes incredible (laughs) um alrighty well thanks for joining us I'm Ellie and I'm Tori and let's say goodbye alrighty yay sweet did you start your recording?